You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. So just a fun little, as we live into contemporary and traditional and one service, two service, as we're living into that, I just, I, find, I had a little moment this morning because uh, our affirmation of faith is uh, the traditional Wesleyan covenant prayer. I'm no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. And I asked Miles to lead that. And Miles said, but I know the modern version. So here I am in t-shirt and jeans asking Miles to do the traditional version because that's what, it was just an interesting moment that Miles had to um, uh, move more traditional for my sake this morning for the affirmation of, of faith today. Uh, we continue our series, Jesus Revealed. Today we're talking about I am the good shepherd. Our scripture lesson is from John chapter 10. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord, and I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon, and he's out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon Open the eyes of the blind. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As many of you have seen uh, on the socials uh, this week, uh, we took the kids camping for fall break. Uh, and to say that I am an outdoorsman uh, is a lie. So we, I've only been camping once prior to this week. Right, so but look, like the weather was gorgeous. We have nothing to do. If we don't go camping this week, we are never, ever going to go. And we looked it up. We went to Lake Bistano because you have to be close enough to call an abort, <laughs> right? If things go south. So we went to Lake Bistano and we looked it up and like, oh my gosh, it's $25 a night. Family of six, mwah, chef's kiss. Excellent. 25 bucks a night. Sign us up. So we got our $25 a night camping plot and then we promptly went to Academy Sports and spent $450 on camping equipment for our $25 a night excursion. But it was adventure and it was, it was lovely. And people are curious, they're asking, was it a good trip? It's an interesting question, right? Because you have to divide these things into at least four categories, right? There's, there's the trip down, there's the evening activities, there's sleeping in a tent, and then there's the morning after, right? So as we're going down, 
it was fine. The kids were a bit suspicious about the whole thing. And we were like, hey, we don't know if there's going to be cell service. And like several of our kids like fall asleep while watching Netflix or whatever. Uh, so like, what are we going to do? We're sleeping in a tent. Like, so they were really suspicious on the way down there. Uh, and we forgot like the coffee. I mean, why, why go? Right. We, for, I say we, I forgot the coffee. I also forgot the wood. Like, great. S'mores are going to be amazing because they're going to warm the marshmallows with our breath, right? It's just amazing. But like, when we got there, the, the, the folks who were right next to us, because they saw us like, and I brought like coals, like we had Kingsford, like that kind of thing. But uh, they saw me like foraging for like twigs and stuff to like, he's like, do you, do you need some wood? I'm like, that'd be amazing. So like he got us some wood and it was great. So the trip down, that's like the first category. Ah, it was fine. But then the evening activities, the evening activities were amazing. We did s'mores. We told stories like Robert was all about it, like the whole ghost story thing. Like his, he had a flashlight and man, you give a kid a flashlight, it's over, man. He was just doing ghost stories. And, and Robert is the one who is, he, he, he tricks you because you're never quite sure if he's listening ever. And then he says something like, dad, did you know that black holes have gravity and white holes don't? And then he just like walks away. Like, who, who are you? I'm like, what's, what's going on? So he's like sitting around the campfire and he's like Socrates now. just like asking these big questions of life and this kind of thing. Evening was great. And then, then we got into the tent <laughs> and, and we attempted to sleep in the tent. Uh, and it was, it was okay. Though Robert did like a full John Cena on Isabel. He totally headbutted her like at one o'clock in the morning. And like, she was upset and like at three o'clock in the morning, I'm just going to say this three o'clock in the morning, Isabel was like, I'm sweaty and I'm gross. I don't feel good. So I lean over to Christy. It's like, she's entered her pupa phase. We hope she will be a butterfly come the morning. Right. Uh, and then there was some like creature, there's some Rougarou outside that was not happy and I was not going to check on its status. So we just, we'll let that animal lie. But then the sun came up, as the sun does, and then the morning after, it was lovely. We, David Burroughs gave us, uh, he, he didn't give it to us, he let us borrow his cast iron skillet, and he gave us a recipe for a peach cobbler. Uh, and this is, and it like, it was very exact. And of course, it's from David Burroughs. It's like very, he said, and I'm not kidding, it's like 10 charcoal briquettes on the bottom, 14 charcoal briquettes on the top. Cook for 45 minutes. So I said, sound like covered it in charcoal. Like it was like the, the, I'm surprised it didn't turn hydrogen into helium. Like it was this it was fusion going on under the, and I totally like 27 minutes into it. I'm like, I think, um, I think it's burning, but David said to cook it for 45 minutes, but like with a total of like 22 charcoal briquettes organized in a very specific pattern on the top of it. But it was great. We had a, a lovely, but what is it? What is it? Was it a good trip? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it is interesting how we measure these things. Is it good? You know the story, right? There was a farmer one day and his horse ran away and his neighbor said, oh, what bad luck. And he said, good luck, bad luck. Who knows? The next day, two horses came back and his neighbor said, oh, what good luck. Good luck, bad luck. Who knows? Well, then the horses trampled his vegetables and he lost all of his harvest. Oh, what bad luck. Good luck, bad luck, who knows? Well, the next season he produced four times as many vegetables because the soil had been overturned. What good luck, you get the idea. 
how we, so was it a good trip? Well, is it like 51% good to 49% bad? Is that what makes it good? Does it have to be like overwhelmingly good? Does it have to be like life-changing? What if it's like 99% good, but there's that 1% headbutt in the middle of the night that just colors the whole thing? How do we measure, how do we measure these things? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. What do you mean by good, Jesus? What do you mean by good? Are you like 72% good? Are you 100% good? When Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, it's not this moral value that he's putting to it. It's not that Jesus is really great at vision casting or like organizing sheep. I'm the good shepherd is rooted in the intimacy of service. I lay down my life for them because I'm the good shepherd. And he very interestingly has to qualify it. I'm the good shepherd, he says. And again, he doesn't say that he's good because of this moral equivalent. It's not that Jesus says. Sometimes we, we live under the, the, the terrible assumption that Jesus is just kind, kind of like us, but just like better, faster, stronger, and wiser, right? And then we think that in order to be faithful, we have to be better, faster, stronger, wiser. And look, there's, there's nothing wrong with being better, faster, stronger, wiser, unless we see those who are not better, stronger, faster, wiser as somehow other or different or outside or not as faithful as, as we, or somehow they don't really love Jesus as much as we do because we're better, faster, stronger, wiser. Jesus's goodness here is rooted in his care for the sheep. I lay down my life. The wolf comes. I do not flee. I pick up thy rod and thy staff because they comfort me. They comfort you. The sheep know me. I know them. I am the good shepherd. Several years ago, um, Anna Lee was in Frozen Junior. Uh, and after the show of Frozen Junior, it was my job to go and uh, get her, to collect her after the show. And of course, I go into the lobby and there's just a sea of people. There's a sea of humanity. Parents trying to find kids, kids trying to find parents, friends exchanging you know, programs and signing stuff. It's just, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, so like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to accomplish? Because Anna Lee at the time was like, I mean, not, I mean, you know, she's now I have the advantage, but she's, you know, so say, okay, ah, this is what I'll do. Anna Lee. And then this cute little pigtailed head popped up. Now here's the key. What happens next is the key. Jesus says, I know them and they know me. Now, when she heard her name, she could have frozen. She could have run. She could have heard me call her name and she could have been fearful. One of my colleagues in ministry gave me the very humbling advice. Because you do understand, every day you are forming the picture of what your kids think a father should be. 
every day. You're forming that picture for them. No pressure. <laughs> Anna Lee. The good news, she popped up, she turned around, smiling from ear to ear. She was proud of what she has done. She saw me, she knew where to find me. And the rest is history. And again, this is not like, I have lots of room. I have lots of room. You should interview those two right there. I have lots of room to improve on my parenting skills. As we've talked about here just a couple of weeks ago. I know them and they know me. When Jesus calls out to them, there's this intimacy that happens. Just like every day, for good or ill, I am forming a picture of what my kids see. There are folks out there who don't know Jesus. What picture do they have? Well, it's whatever picture you're showing. It's whatever picture you're showing them. I know them and they know me. Jesus even said, there are other sheep who are not here, who are out there that I'm calling into the sheepfold. And that's reminiscent of, of the parable. It's in uh, Luke chapter 15, uh, where Jesus said, which one of you, he's talking to the Pharisees, the bad guys, right? Which one of you leaving would leave 99 sheep to go search for the one? And it is rhetorical because Jesus is saying, none of you would do that. You would cut your losses, you would take the 99, and you would go about your business. But God is filled with this incessant desire to search for us. That's what Jesus is saying. Yes, we have sheep here. There are others who are out there that I'm called to go find. And that's when, that's when he starts to get in trouble with the Pharisees, right? He says, there will be one flock and one shepherd. Not one sheepfold of those who are better, faster, stronger, wiser. But even those who are not better, faster, stronger, wiser are included in this sheepfold. Those who have been cast aside by the Pharisees, those who have society deemed as unworthy, Jesus says there will be one sheepfold and I will be their shepherd. And it says in the text that the Pharisees grumbled at this. Have you noticed a pattern over the last three weeks? Jesus opens the eyes of the blind man, but he does it on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do that, the Pharisees say. And then last week, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm like, you are the bread? No, no, no. Moses, we're connected to Moses and the law. And they start to grumble again. And here Jesus says, there's going to be one sheepfold. And everyone who hears my voice and everyone who answers my voice is welcome in the sheepfold. And I will be their shepherd. And the Pharisees say, nope, that's not how it's supposed to work. There's the Holy of Holies. There's the inner sanctum. There's the outer sanctum for all those Gentile heathens, Right? And Jesus keeps getting in trouble. And it's because Jesus loves too much and he's too graceful and he's too loving and he's breaking all the rules. And the Pharisees don't like it. When you are obsessive about discipline and law, you leave very room, very little room to rejoice and to celebrate when eyes are opened, when people are fed, 
when the lost have come home. They're thinking about Sabbath and Moses and filling out the metrics. And Jesus says, no, I am light. Open your eyes. I am bread. Feast on me. Not the rules. Feast on me. I am the good shepherd. He has to qualify it because there have been so many bad shepherds. And I said on TikTok this morning, I know all of you are on TikTok. I said on TikTok this morning, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. He has to qualify because there are so many bad shepherds. Dear church, we should do better. We need to do better. What picture of Jesus is being formed? Well, the one that you show them. They know me and I know them. What is good about the shepherd is the intimacy of service, of calling us by name so that we might call one another by their name. Every single statement of these I am's keeps getting Jesus in hotter and hotter and hotter water with the authorities. Because he's saying you don't have to be better, faster, stronger, wiser to be a part of my kingdom. And when someone says that, they become a problem. And for the religious authorities, Jesus was a problem. Well, it's not so much that Jesus was a problem, it's just that their definition of good was just really bad. (laughs) What makes someone good? Well, was it a good camping trip? Yeah, of course it was. Because we talked. And we weren't looking at our watches. And we shared stories. And yes, we forgot the coffee. <laughs> and the wood. <laughs> and, and we burnt the cobbler. <laughs> and was it good? Yes, every stinking moment of it was good. Because it's not about a checklist. It's not about 51% to 49%. It is about the relationships that we form with our friends, with our enemies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God Jesus is the good shepherd that calls us under a rod and staff that offer us peace. Here's the thing. This was my second time camping. And I can't wait to go back. Never mind that we have $450 worth of stuff that we need to use for the next 10 years. But that's the kind of infectious joy the church should have. I cannot wait to know a community that is full of love. I cannot wait to be a part of a community that will walk with me. I cannot wait for a community of faith that when the wolves of life come, we will stand with you. That kind of infectious joy. Hey, you might not be a camper. You might not be an outdoorsman. But I also can't wait to go again. That's the good of the Good Shepherd. May we share that good with every stinking human we meet this week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Let us pray.